Cause I'm in too deep And I'm trying to keep But my head Instead of going under Cause I'm in too deep And I'm trying to keep But my head Instead of going under Instead of going under So Halloween Spooks Spoops Spooky ghost Spooky skeletons. It's the spooky season. Yeah, trick or treats. Actually, we. Uh, funny thing is that in Italy, until ten years ago, Halloween wasn't really a thing. Uh, no one really celebrated it because, of course, it's not part of our culture as Catholics mm. or Christians. Uh, but yeah, in the last ten years, I think it kind of warmed its way into the culture. You know, thank you, capitalism. We love you. Uh, yeah, so you can sell the candies and stuff and shit and crap. Uh, yeah, but still, I mean, no one goes trick-or-treating. I mean, it's kind of just, you know, a poor man's version of, um, of basically wanting to dress up and, you know, go around and, you know, kind of bothering people and getting drunk and yeah i think that's that's the gist of halloween in italy so and what do you do there jesse tell me um kind of do a really terrible copy of what they do in the states you know um we just don't have a culture like most people don't put you know candy out uh and approaching people's doors in the uk is just a very strange concept like (laughs) strangers coming up and knocking up on your door is like everybody hide (laughs) <laughs> um, but look, we're here to talk about video games And we're yeah. here to talk about spooky games Because it is Spooks. Halloween uh, we're, Yeah, we're going to talk about all kinds We're going to go all the way back to the boomer days And we're going to come all the way forward to now And we're going to talk about everything spooky And, you know, it, some of this stuff might not be so spooky Because I am a little wimp when it comes to scary games Boo, boo, <laughs> boo this man are you? How are you? Are you? Are you in into spooky games? Of course. I mean, uh, I basically was watching horror movies already when I was like four. Was really kind of my hobby when I was a child. So yeah, I mean, horror games were like my uh, spaghetti and meatballs. No, we don't eat spaghetti and meatballs Why? in Italy, people. <laughs> we don't eat spaghetti and meat. So sorry, I was getting off topic there. Um, so I mean, yeah, of course, I loved my horror games. Uh, I didn't play that many of them because as a kid I didn't really have that much of a selection of horror games. But yeah, I mean, when I got the PlayStation, of course, I got immediately into Resident Evil. And I really, really loved it from the first minute of that horrible introduction and the horrible acting and uh, all of that Jill Sandwich good things. Um, You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I think we should start there. I think we should start with the kind of... PlayStation 1 era spooks mm-hmm. and then kind of bring it forward. So okay. you you pl- you played the original Resident Evil, did you? Yes, sir. I did. And did you play it when it came out around, you know, the mid and late 90s? Yep. Uh, I think the, not immediately, but yeah, a few months after it came out, yes. Now, was it particularly scary to you because I have a story? Hmm, I like stories. Uh, frankly, no. I don't remember being scared at all. I mean, I actually thought it was kind of silly, you know, with all the blood uh, spraying out when the zombies uh, try were eating you and, you know, kind of going... 
you know, all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, I find it kind of ridiculous. And I actually have uh, a review that I wrote back then that says exactly the same thing. So, you know, I'm basically quoting myself. So I, I know <laughs> I have it on good faith. That was my opinion back then. <laughs> too. But yeah, go on with your story. Tell me what happened. My story is a lot different than yours. It's one of me being absolutely terrified. I mean, I bought... <laughs> Around this time, I was living in Germany, and I borrowed this, uh, I think we'd, I mean, this was just before the PS2 came out, so I was a little bit late, it was probably about 1999 or something, and uh, I'd, I'd known about the game, I'd seen it, like, you know, you, do you remember you used to have the display cabinets in, in yep. uh, stores and uh, where you mm-hmm. could actually play the games, yeah, and uh, my friend said, uh, he let me borrow his copy of Resident Evil, and I remember taking it home that night and um for i don't know why i mean we had two playstation ones i had my own and my dad had one mm-hmm. and i remember going into my dad's room and and putting it in uh in his playstation one and sitting in the chair and i i mean i must have played maybe 10 minutes of that game before i just mm-hmm. shut it off and gave it back to my friend i mean i was terrified by uh, you get to you know uh the part where the zombie turns around and looks at you for the first time and uh i mean it i mean all of this is ridiculous by like if anybody here has never played it and they go back and play it it'd be like what is a big deal but <laughs> at the time that was scary you know uh i mean that that said every boomer ever right but it i don't know that was terrifying and uh, i remain terrified to this day i mean i've you know we'll talk about <laughs> some of the more recent I, you know what? Let's stick with Resident Evil, right? Uh-huh. Do, you, uh, I, do you have any more to say about one, or can we move on? No, I think we can move on because uh, I, now we're getting to the to the edgy stuff, to the <laughs> stuff that's that 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 we. If we actually had listeners, I would probably get some flack because I fucking hated Resident Evil Two, and I Ooh. still can't get into it. I don't don't. I mean, from the exact single moment I remember that I put in the disc and I played it I found it I couldn't really get into it and I was really let down because I mean I very like much like the first and I thought I would have the same kind of fun but I hated it and that that was basically my ticket out of the series and I got back only later but yeah, really I, I hate it and yeah and to this day I mean I don't hate it because I don't have any more uh, reasons uh, objective reason right now but yes to this day I haven't gone back so. Well, it's interesting because I have another story mm. about Resident Evil oh, 2. Oh, God. And I don't know if you can tell where this is going. Oh, no. <laughs> now you're peeing in the pool. Oh, I'm, I'm no. definitely peeing in the pool. It's getting warm in here. Ah. So, do you remember demo discs? Mm. You know? Yep. It's the reason sure. you used to buy, buy, you know, video game magazines. Mm-hmm. And I think it was probably like a... Uh, an official PlayStation magazine of some kind. There's been various iterations over the years. Mm-hmm. And I got a demo disc with Resident Evil 2 in it. And I tried it again. I <laughs> put Resident Evil 2 in. Uh, but this one was even more terrifying. Uh, oh, and oh, But also, not just terrifying, confusing. Because you start <laughs> off right in the middle of Raccoon City Mm-mm. as uh, Leon Kennedy. 
and you have to work out where to go. And uh, all I remember is these zombies shuffling out of basketball courts, going, trying to get me. And uh, that quickly got turned off as well. But I mean, I have gone back and played the the remakes and that uh, now that I'm a big boy. But oh, um, yeah, and I never played three. Did you try three? Uh, I think I tried it many years later, and I wasn't very much impressed. But you know, by then I moved on to 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 i think i had already played four by then so yeah i mean i four is what very much was my uh going back to the resident evil series my ticket back so three again kind of got lost in my hatred for two it kind of got some of the same hatred even though again it, i don't have any clear reasons for not liking three so yeah but yeah i mean i barely played it. have you played it did you get scared again no please no no no, no. Uh, i okay. learned my lesson i oh. never played three um <laughs> but i i am interested to talk about resident evil 4 because this is oh. a game i have a divisive opinion about but i'd like to know what you thought of it first uh to me resident evil 4 basically works like a really bad cheesy 80s horror movie in that you know that it's not good for you and that you should be watching something else you should be watching something decent even from the 80s you know even a decent diorgento from the 80s that there's actually very few decent diorgento from the 80s so but okay um but yeah you know that it's bad for you but still you love it because it's so cheesy it's so you know stupid and but yeah the action's good and it's you know kind of fun and it's stupidity and the, uh, the whole kind of uh, kind of zombies hypnotized uh, townspeople going muerte, matalo you know, all that stuff uh, I mean, it was fun I mean, I would never say it was a masterpiece or anything like that but I had lots of fun, I played it I think on the Wii, for the first time oh. uh, it was, I remember I had lots of fun, I mean it was one of the few moments that the Wii clicked the, the you know the motion controls were these i mean there were very few motion controls just aiming and stuff uh, yeah everything clicked and i was like yeah this is good this is good fun but i mean of course i i know that it was kind of a very different beast from the rest of the series up until then so what's your divisive opinion about four what happened well i'd like to first say i agree the wii version was good I played it on the Wii, but I also played it on the GameCube. I bought a GameCube for to play Resident Evil 4. This is a theme with me, by the way. I, You know how people say, oh, I won't buy a console because it's not worth it? I will buy a console for one game. Um, and then <laughs> That's an I, expensive game. I, and then I'll be really bored with that console. But I, I bought the special edition silver Resident Evil 4. I wish I still had it because those are worth some nice money. But now I sold it soon after because Nintendo has never really been my jam. I've tried to get into Nintendo. This is an, a tangent now, but uh, you know what? Spooky, whatever. Mario, spooky. Uh, Nintendo uh. sucks. Okay. Um, but Resident Evil 4 was... It was good in the sense that... I mean, it was the first time that you saw, you know, the series go from that weird isometric tank controls to an actual third person behind the shoulder, um, over the shoulder um, view and... It was mysterious, but I, uh, you know, a lot of people say it's the best game in the series, and it's, I think it's some, one of the worst. Like, 
It, it's when Resident Evil started to get silly to me because before that you had the T-Virus, you had zombies, and you were like, wow, this is interesting. Uh, then this one was strange. There was, there's like, um, I mean, there's going to be slight spoilers here, but there, there's that one point where you face the troll thing. And I was like, what the, why am I fighting? Uh, you know, I was a teenager, right? So I'm like, why am I fighting a troll? This is stupid. And then, like you say, it it was so glum. Like the whole environment, it was just like these little Spanish villages, grey, and the, the whole game is just grey, and it's about cultists. And, you, and I'm like, what have cultists got to do with the T-virus? Like a lot of people f- take Resident Evil 4 out of context. Like, and yeah, it's objectively like a good mechanical get, like mechanically a good game. Um, but... You know, coming from the first three to this one, and uh, it, you're like, why am I in Spain when Raccoon City happened? Uh, why am I, you know, what is all this going on? Why is the president's daughter Ashley here? Um, and it just was weird. And then, you know, you get to the end and you find out there's that weird little baby guy inside of a big baby guy and inside of that <laughs> monster thing. And and I'm like, I don't, this is just uh, very strange. So that's my opinion. It's a mechanically good game. Doesn't feel like a Resident Evil game. Uh, and uh, controversially, five and six, I enjoyed quite a lot. Did you play those? I played five. Uh, I played several hours and I remember nothing about it. I mean, I vaguely know that it's set in Africa and it's Chris is back. Uh, that's, that's all I remember about it. <laughs> uh, it. I mean, I even, I was really looking forward to it. I even bought the special edition and all that stuff that was full of crap anyway. Yeah, I was really looking forward to it, but I have to say it was kind of a letdown. I mean, uh... Still, I don't remember exactly why, because I think they try to make to use the same formula that they used in four, but trying to make it good. And for me, it didn't work because that formula in four worked because that game wasn't good to begin with, because it worked because that game was cheesy, I think. Uh, so five, you know, being a lot more serious, even though it was basically that, you know, the gameplay was similar. It wasn't the classic Resident Evil. It was more of the action uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of lost uh, a, a interest after a while. But again, I don't have any uh, again object reason to hate it. I mean, <laughs> probably one day I will go back and play it. Uh, Resident Evil 6, I just skipped altogether. I don't know why. I, I just remember the whole... Um, giraffe kind of meme about the cover art and that's basically all oh, i yeah. remember about the, the the game so but i probably think you've played it played them more than me so mm, yeah uh, see five like i enjoyed five and i enjoyed six but i played them both co-op the first time through and i think that's the the big issue is if you play them alone they're kind of boring because they're meant to be co-op but it's also it marks a really bad point in video games for me um, because I think this is the time, Resident Evil 5, about 2007, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. I think so, yes. It, it marked the time when, like, and it, we still see this, is that games cop out on actually being good to be fun with friends. And one of my biggest bugbears is, 
you know how people will say gay i can't think of any off the top of my head but they'll they'll think oh like among us and that they're like oh it's hilarious no what's hilarious is you and your friends the game is very boring and actually hasn't done anything now this is not a i've never played among us but i'm using it as an example like these multiplayer games uh that that you create your own fun in like gta 5 multiplayer right like you need other people to make that fun then that thing is still going. It should have been dead. Kill GTA 5 multiplayer. Okay, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, and that's what the Resident Evil 5 was to me. It's like, yeah, it's great if you've got a hilarious friend with you and that you're screaming about the guy who's about to chainsaw your head off. But, you know, on your own, you're like, oh, the AI sucks. And then I got my head chainsawed off. Um, but let's, so let's move on to 7 and 8. Like, have you played these, the recent? Like, what do you think? Uh, on this one, I think I uh, basically already clocked out from the series altogether. I, and again, I don't have any <laughs> objective reason to say uh, I don't, I mean, because I like horror games, so I should be interested in the Resident Evil series. But somehow it has lost my interest at some point after 5, and I think it never picked my interest again. Uh, I have played, though, I have to say, uh, the remake of the original Resident Evil and that was very very good one of the best remakes that I can remember in the last few years um, I, I think I have it still on PS4 I guess yes I think so okay uh, but yeah that was very well done and probably I should play the remake of Resident Evil 2 as well someday because maybe that could change my mind about it you definitely sh- you maybe. should you should because it is good I've played it Okay, so that's something that I, you know, I am, you know, basically just promising myself in public on record on on tape that I'm going to play the remake of Resident Evil Two. That I promise. But yeah, I don't make any more promises than accept that because I'm pretty sure that I won't play seven or eight or six ever. Probably. I, th- I think you should try seven and eight because they're very different. Uh-huh. Um, I I reviewed 8 and I played some 7 and uh, they really they go back to that original formula of finding keys to open new areas Um, and there's no kind of weirdness they're they're good games I think you should try 8 I think you should give 8 a try I mean it continues from 7 but it's not that important really Um, yeah I think you should but why don't we cover one more big series and before we kind of discuss some of the newer stuff we've been playing i I want to talk about silent hill have you ever played silent hill i have but i would be really lying to uh, to say i would uh, that i i am a big fan or that i'm actually familiar with the series (laughs) at all i mean i think the only one i've played extensively is silent hill 2 that's the one i'm familiar with and my problem with Silent Hill 2 was that, uh, again, at some point, I find it to be very repetitive. Uh, I just didn't like the idea of uh, trying to, uh, you know, to just going around this fog-filled city and trying to find something to do and trying to find what the fuck have i missed uh, <laughs> what items do, do not, i don't have what puzzles do i have to solve and yeah i mean after like 15 hours of doing that it just got to a point that i just said you know what that's enough for me and 
<laughs> and again, I never went back again. So that's my great Silent Hill experience. So the floor is all yours. So tell me, why should I care about Silent Hill? Oh, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, awesome. My stories here are similar to Resident Evil. Like I played the a sum of one on the original, play, you know, PlayStation One. And I got scared as I was little, and I didn't really play it. But, I mean, my big story is I remember PlayStation 2 just came out. Silent Hill 2 came out as well around the same time. And I had I was having a sleepover with a friend, and he came round. And we played... Someone lent us a copy of Silent Hill 2. And uh, we played that, like, all night. And it was kind of the same, though, like... Again, these these games. Na- when you look back in a re- at a retro, like in a retrospective angle, and you know what's going to happen, they're like, "Oh, these games are so interesting." But I mean, to a sort of child who's probably way too young to be playing that game anyway. But you, I mean, they they were very obtuse. You know, uh, it can be a fun game if you've played it ten times and you know exactly where to go. But like you say, wandering around this weird fog-filled city, uh, and there was just like weird things, like these weird weird crawly things that you're beating to death with a pipe in the street and then you're trying to work out and you don't really have it's like i at the time i thought this is a worse resident evil i don't have any guns and i'm i'm like you know i didn't enjoy it as much i mean i can see that they're scary games uh, and that's why we're talking about but yeah i've never never been one to to be into silent hill so much yeah i i know i have some followers on twitter that i are like very big fan of the series and if Fran is listening hi Fran but yeah I mean I again I don't really care about the gameplay I, I mean I know that some of the later entries have, have really you know talked about because they have great stories and stuff but yeah <sighs> again probably someday I will should get back I'm at least try again one of the maybe later Silent Hill but yeah this this moment is probably not happening so yes okay why don't you tell me some of the spooky games that you'd like to talk about uh but well naturally being the obscure guy that in this case you know it's kind of obscure guy um of the bunch that the obscure gaming obsessed uh naturally i have to talk about games that are more horrific than scary (laughs) and the first game that i always mention about something that really scares me uh, seriously scares me is blackstone chronicles and blackstone chronicles is basically a first person adventure game Uh, it came out in 98 97 if i'm not mistaken it's basically just a lot of walking around in this kind of sanitarium like a you know madhouse and Basically, you're trying to save your son that was kidnapped by your father that has apparently passed away, but he has come back and kind of to haunt the kind of madhouse where he was the the director. And it's really scary as a game because uh, you go around and you listen to the stories of the previous patients, the previous inmates of this place. And they're mostly based on real treatments that were inflicted upon, uh, you know, mental patients even as late as the 1940s, 1950s. And they're, uh, yeah, these stories are fucking scary. I mean, they're terrible. They're 
even the very inhumane treatments. Uh, so yeah, that there's all kinds of nasty stuff. I mean, it, it's all just text. Nothing is ever shown. <laughs> that, really? That's what's beautiful about it. I mean, you would I, I would say that it's really scary because it's really effective in what it's trying to convey to the player. But again, it's mostly just text and voiceovers. There's very, very, very little things shown. I mean, there, of course, there's the rooms where the treatments were carried out, but again, there's just they're just empty rooms. There's nothing in them. There's no one. So you don't see anything. I mean, uh, doing a kind of comparison with a recent game that basically talks about the same thing, which is The Town of Light, which is an, the Italian game, again, based, based in an abandoned madhouse in Volterra. And that uh, shows a bit of the things that were going on. You got, you got some kind of like comic book cutscenes where you see a bit of, you know, the very terrible treatments that were going on at the time in the 50s and 40s. Uh, but yeah, in Blackstone Chronicles, you don't see anything. You only get told what happened. And I think that's why it works so well, because it's really good voiceovers, really good voice acting, and it's really well written. And strangely enough, it's based on a book, and the book sucks, <laughs> which was kind of a you know, kind of a very strange thing for a video game, uh, being based on a book and it tr being actually better than the book it's based on. But but yeah, I read the book and it's yeah, it's kind of you know '80s schlock, maybe early '90s schlock. I mean, it it's fine, but it's basically third-rate Stephen King stuff. But the, the game is pretty good. I mean, I I loved it, and it's again one of these games that it's I think it's. Pretty hard to find. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a shame because it was really, really well done. So, yeah, I mean, if you're looking to, ha to add a bit of real-life horror to your Halloween spoops, then Blackstone Chronicles is definitely the one for you. But yeah, it can be played basically all year long. But yeah, played in Halloween, I think it's even yeah, more effective than the rest of the year. Hmm, I'm going to have to check this out. Yeah, do. I actually have an article about it on the Genesis Temple also, if anyone is interested. that It's kind of old. I should probably update it at some point. But yeah, it's decent. So yeah, if anyone is interested, check it out. Okay, so for my next game, I want to talk about Alan Wake. Oh, I have a lot to say about Alan Wake. Oh, good. Because obviously the, re the remake has just uh, been released. Um... And it is, it has a lot of character. So why don't you go ahead? Why don't we start by, you You know, you, you tell me what you, you think of Alan Wake. Well, I found Alan Wake to be fine. <laughs> I mean, I think I like the idea, the concept more than the final game. <laughs> I, I mean, I remember when it was announced that Red Remedy was working on it and all that. And I, I thought it sounded really, really exciting and was... Very looking forward to playing it. Yeah, do you remember it kept getting pushed back? Yep, yeah. It was very, very long in the tooth. I think it was basically announced. I don't I don't say right after Max Payne, but not long after Max yeah, Payne. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, it was really trouble development again. And yeah, I mean, for all of its troubles, it came out perfectly fine. I mean, I'm saying I don't like Alan Wake. But uh, I still think they could have done so much more with that premise. I think 
it needed to be more fleshed out. Uh, the, the the world need to be the, needed to be a bit bit more fleshed out. Uh, you it needed a bit more locations, a bit more story. I mean, the story was fine. I liked it. I liked Alan as a character. You know, the kind of depressed, paranoid writer. But still, I think they were going for the kind of Twilight Zone atmosphere, and I think they they didn't really succeed in that. I mean, I'm not a Twilight Zone expert. I've seen my share of episodes, but I haven't seen them all, so I'm not a, an expert. But the the Twilight Zone, I I think aimed more for a kind of a smart critique, like a you know like a contemporary at the time update on the themes of sci-fi, uh, with a, a bit of a dash of horror. Maybe that's why some episodes are really really still fun and well done and effective while others are you know a bit more not that well aged so i think alan wake missed a bit on the whole critique and update on the sci-fi thing i mean it was clearly like you know we like the twilight zone uh isn't that clear yes we like it the twilight zone come on we're making continuous reference to the twilight zone we like the twilight zone i mean i get it but the should have been an inspiration more the kind of continuous homage that they did during the, the narrative in uh, Alan Wake. Uh, the final thing that I would like to say is that recently I played um, what I think is like the kind of expansion. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, the name. American Nightmare? Yes. Which I've heard very good things about. But that was a bit let down. It was kind of a big let down. I mean, uh, it was, again, fine. But I heard so many good things. I mean, even some people going as far as saying, uh, American Nightmare does what the, the original Alan Wake was supposed to do. And I was like, wow, great. That sounds fantastic. American Nightmare is should be finally what I was looking for. But again, it was meh. Okay, I guess. Uh, again, I didn't really find why so many people were clamoring over American Nightmare. I mean, it was a really short experience. It was fine for what it was, but I didn't think it was that special, frankly. But, so, th- that's my Alan Wake. So, what's your Alan Wake? Uh, Alan Wake, Sam Lake. Uh, one, one thing I want to say, <laughs> tangent, Sam Lake, amazing person. I'd love, yeah, I'd love, I love to guy. talk to him. I, I just, I love the fact that he was, <laughs> he is Max Payne. Like, come <laughs> on, right? I remember, like, this is, this is going a little bit off topic. We'll, we'll, we'll come back and rein it in in a second. But you know, I, I remember playing uh, Max Payne like twenty years ago, and I remember that like reading PC Gamer and <laughs> had an interview with him, and I've still got the copy of it, and it says like he, they're talking, and he's like, yeah, we have to, we have a tiny remedy as a tiny team, and uh, Sam has to do all the like mocap or whatever the modeling, whatever they did back then, <laughs> and uh, we, we, it was such a small team, we just, we just modeled it after Sam, and I, and now remedy is this huge thing, everyone loves them, but it's just I. I'd love to to talk to to Sam Lake about that. So, uh, you know, if you if you're listening to this episode, go tweet Sam Lake and get him on the show. Um, yes. As far as Alan Wake, I kind of agree. Like, I like the game, but when I played it when when it came out, it was very much uh, it was very different to what I thought it was going to be. 
it felt it felt really i don't know what the term is it felt it felt very unfocused is what i will say uh it it, it feels very stephen king it feels the Pacific Northwest setting is like some of the best for spooky stuff, like going back to Twin Peaks, you know, that kind of Washington State, Oregon uh, kind of setting is really good. But it felt weird because then when you started to unravel the story and you're like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was. This is kind of, um, you know, it's kind of Stephen Kingy, and you're like... Uh, but then you're like, oh, it, it went a little bit too weird and a little bit too Twin Peaks. Uh, it kind of went second season of Twin Peaks, you know. <laughs> um, uh, what, I, what I do want to end by saying is if you have a chance uh, and if anybody is listening, they need to go and look up the original Alan Wake Alan Wake <laughs> character and then look up the remake Alan Wake character because he's got fat. What did they do to him? Yeah, I've seen that. It, it doesn't look at all. It, it, it looks like, like Alan original. Wake from Los Angeles and he's had loads of plastic <laughs> surgery. He's all shiny. His cheekbones are really wide. A uh, Sam Wake. Sam Wake. Dad got there. <laughs> Sam Lake. I want an answer about Alan Wake. Why does he look like that? I, th- I think this is a similar situation to Max Payne 1 versus Max Payne 2 when they changed the model around and that I was so bummed out because Sam Lake was just a perfect face for uh, Max Payne and his kind of crazy, I don't give a shit uh, metropolitan look. Uh, well, the second one just looked like a kind of vaguely attractive noir protagonist, so generic I wouldn't even recognize it uh, at all. So yeah, not to mention Max Payne 3, which basically looks like, you know, uh, someone just out of Breaking Bad or something. So, uh, up next, I have one of my cult classics on the Sega Mega Drive, or Genesis for you, uh, Ethans, for the, from uh, America. And it's uh, Haunting, featuring Poltergeist, which already, you know, the name Poltergeist should give you uh, kind of a, an idea of what we're talking about. We're talking about the 90s, we're talking about rad, cool, and all that good shit. Yeah, basically, Haunting was developed by the guys behind Rampart and Paperboy, two kind of oh, small classics yeah, from Paper the arcade. Yeah, Paperboy was good. Mm-hmm, Yeah. And Haunting is, was published by Electronic Arts, and it was a Sega Genesis exclusive, and what's interesting in that, if you take it at face value, it's one of the goriest games ever released on a console, at least back then, of course. I, I mean, I think at least recent times, <laughs> it was one of the goriest games around. Because basically what you do in the game, uh, you're a ghost and you were killed because this mafioso guy uh, basically just bought this company that produces skateboards and he uses all kind of uh, third-rate parts to build skateboards to save on money because it's a cheapskate. <laughs> cheapskate. Uh, and naturally our main guy, the polter guy, uh, who apparently didn't have a name when he was alive, he was just called Guy, I guess, uh, he died because he fell because of uh, the skateboard that malfunctioned, and so he now is out for revenge. So he wants to scare all of the members of the 
uh, I don't remember the name. It's called, of course, it's an Italian name of you know, the family. It's got the Graffini, something like that family. And to scare them, basically, you, the player has to interact with various objects in the in the house. Basically, you go from room to room in the house. You look where all the members of the family are. Then you interact with an object. And basically, that object has a kind of horror animation. So, for example, uh, the the sofa comes alive and it, ha- and it has a mouth and it c- tries to eat the, the member of the family. Or, for example, uh, you um, interact with the carpet and the carpet gets all bloody and or, or maybe the toilet, uh, there's a hand that comes out of the toilet. But again, it's all illusions. So they can kind of get away with that. You know, it's very gory, but it's not real. It's just illusions. But yeah, but taking a face value, there's a lot of blood and gore, really. There's a lot of guts, there's a lot of blood and yeah, butcher knives, bloody butcher knives uh, raining around. <laughs> it's, it's good fun. But that's all it is, basically. Uh, it's very basic. That I mean, what I've just described is the whole of the game. It's basically four different stages, and that's all you do. You just scare the members away. Once they leave the house, that's it. That's the end of the level. And going back to Paperboy, uh, the worst part of Haunting is there's the kind of sequence that either plays when you lose a life or because you have of course an ectoplasmic energy that you waste even when you do nothing so once that energy is gone you lose a life and on the other end uh, you have to play that every time you finish a level so you can't avoid that sequence and it's basically you're in hell so basically the character goes to hell and has to get back the ectoplasmic energy and has to avoid all kinds of um, obstacles and skulls going around and all this kind of stuff and it really plays like the section at the end of the levels of Paperboy yeah, I don't I don't know if you remember the BMX sections that was at the end of Paperboy levels uh, no I don't I never got to the end of the levels what are you just what <laughs> you suck no basically at the end of Paperboy there was a section uh, when you finished all the houses that uh, uh, immediately the game sped up and you were kind of thrust into this kind of BMX kind of track where you had to do jumps and try not to fall off or ramps and you basically died instantly because you were never ready to, <laughs> to do anything it was basically like a punishment and that's that what that sequence at the end of haunting or the stage of haunting is it's a punishment it's not fun at all so yeah but I mean if we're talking about spoops Haunting provides a lot of spoops, a lot of gore, a lot of guts. It's kind of a small cult classic, but yeah, I mean, if you have half an hour to spare, an hour, haunting is good fun, look it up. It's great. There has been a theme here uh, so far, and that theme is that we don't... We have a lot of controversial opinions (laughs) of Resident (laughs) Evil and Silent Hill. Hashtag edgy. Yeah. And I want to talk about a game that people have said is bad, but I think is really good. And I happen to know uh, Jim Sterling thinks this is good, whatever that means to you. But it's The Sinking City. Have you played this? Uh, I've played it a bit. And the funny thing is that not only I mentioned The Sinking City in the article I'm writing about Lovecraft games, 
But I was just talking about it with uh, Konstantinos Dimopoulos because he worked on the design of the of Oaktown, I think it's called the the city in the game. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he worked on the on the design on a pre-production level, but yeah, still he he worked on the design. But basically, from from what I remember, the game was in production at least since 2016. For what he told me, he got involved for the first time back then. So it kind of got into a whole development trouble at one point. But yeah, go ahead. Tell me your opinion on uh, Sinking City. I think it's actually a very underrated game. I think it's it's by Frogwares. And that tells you everything you need to know. Uh, it's kind of that double A, that disappearing double A Frogwares Focus Home Interactive kind of um, kind of a budget. You know, it's it's got a, a medium budget. Uh, yeah, the combat is meh and stuff like that. But if you are genuinely into Lovecraft, this is probably one of the best Lovecraft games out there, despite not actually being about Lovecraft. Like, to an, a Lovecraft open world game. Uh, and the, the thing it does best is that the world and the characters, like, you will find clues, and without holding your hand, you have to go around and find out. You know, you'll get someone's name, and you'll be like, oh, I need to find out who this person is. Well, you need to go to uh, go to the records office and look that person up, and then you might find out they uh, are a criminal, and then you have to go to the police station and cross-reference it. And there's a lot of... It's a great detective game. If you If you like detective games set in a Lovecraft world... I think it's great. It's really good. I really enjoyed playing it, and I don't... I mean, it held my attention, and I don't know uh, why it's got such bad reviews. Yes, it's a little bit janky, and there's people fall through the floor. I don't know. It's a good game. Yeah, I... I, for, I mean, I played it very little again, so I'm not going to say any opinion about it as a whole, but uh, I thought that the world design was okay and that they could have done a little bit more with the whole Lovecraftian thing and uh, I think also more or less Constantinos agreed <laughs> but yeah um, I still think it, it looked to be a pretty decent game anyway I mean it wasn't bad at all I mean its companion which was basically Call of Cthulhu uh, which was what they were working on, Frogwares, initially, from what I understand. And then it got uh, shifted to Cyanide. Call of Cthulhu has a lot of problems. It does some things right, like the atmosphere. And, and now, just to clarify, we're talking about the new Call of Cthulhu published by Focus Home Interactive, right? We're talking about uh, 2018 Call of Cthulhu. Right, okay, not, okay. not the dark corners of the earth. Which... No, 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 no. Okay. That, that's another thing altogether. We will get to that later, actually. I mean, Karakazul, again, has several issues. Uh, there's many things that don't make sense, <laughs> really, from a design standpoint and a story standpoint. But, yeah, again, it does atmosphere pretty good. The gruff protagonist, alcoholic, desperate kind of shtick I liked. And it, the voice actor is fantastic but yeah there's not much else that i can say <laughs> positively about Calacathulo. i mean i i wrote a whole article about it which probably means that i'm sorry that i can say anything more positive about it but still yeah i mean it probably needed 
yeah, a bit less trouble. That's that's let's say that you know, as it, let's say that as it is, it needed to be a bit more streamlined in its development history. By well, it had a lot of problems and it ended up a bit of a mess in the end. But yeah, and I would now go on a very very short rant about Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, but I, I don't really have much to say about Friday the 13th. I would just like to say this, that uh, many people remember the NES version of uh, the Friday the 13th game, uh, which was, you know, reviewed by many people and everyone loves their, you know, their purple villain, their purple clad villain that, you know, they, they even did the action figure, which was... I think it was great, actually, if you, if you call me Jason in purple, looks pretty great. But yeah, the NES version of Friday the 13th was, yeah, not very good. Let's leave it at that. The Commodore 64 version of Friday the 13th is a different game altogether. It still sucks, but it's an interesting kind of suckage, in that it's a really freeform kind of game. It's kind of sandboxy, almost at times, in that basically you can... I mean, the, the gist of the game is that you have to find out who among your friends is actually Jason and you have to expose the guy and kill him or her, actually. So, pretty standard stuff. I mean, for the Commodore 64, it was pretty advanced, but, you know, standard stuff. And, but what's great about it is that you can kill anyone you want <laughs> freely. So you can basically be a more efficient serial killer than Jason himself. <laughs> in the game and I thought this was great I mean it, it, it turns into a kind of really uh, random fun and mess of things that you can just go around and dispose of anyone that you don't like by axing their heads in bashing their heads in with a machete so yeah it, it, it's good fun so if you have to try one Friday the 13th, 13th game yeah, if you really have to do that to yourself yeah, the Commodore 64 game at least warrants a laugh. And also, it has the fucking scariest sound effects ever. When you kill someone, or I think someone is killed off screen by Jason, they go into this kind of high-pitched synthesized scream on the Commodore 64, 64. And I think if I had actually played that as a kid and heard that scream, I would have fucking shit, shit my pants. Because that thing is scary. I mean, I was always more scared by sound than, uh, you know, vision. So, yeah, that would have been, yeah, uh, probably a fantastic reason to piss my pants. The scream. Maybe we, uh, if I find the scream, I will feature it right now in the audio. So, I'm going to quickly touch on a VR game to spice it up a little bit. And that is Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. Have you heard of this? Do you know anything about this? Absolutely not. I'm in the dark. I'm alone in the dark. <laughs> oh, the Halloween! Uh, see, see. Oh, uh, we haven't even we haven't even talked about alone in the dark, but I've never played them, so. Uh, I have, but I don't know if I want to go on a tirade about alone in the dark. We're already fifty minutes in. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're sure. Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. It's a VR game. It's on Quest and PSVR and uh, you know Rift and all, all that good stuff. And basically, it puts you in the comic book Walking Dead world. And it has a comic book style, and it's first person, and you turn up in New Orleans, and basically, there's a story that I won't go into, 
but you get to explore each section of New Orleans and, uh, you know, it's really, it's one of, lauded as being like one of the best proper VR games, like it's an actual 20 hour long VR game. And you have to like, you, you make your base on this like ye- yellow school bus and uh, you can upgrade your weapons and upgrade the bus and uh, you, you basically talk to people on the radio and you go out and do missions and you choose what you go out and do. And you have to like collect items and uh, and and scrap and uh, craft uh, new weapons and and all of this stuff. But it's really good because the more you kind of go and the more you when you go into an area, there's bad guys and you know not just zombies. There's you know other factions and you might be tasked with okay, go into this house and get this item. And, you know, you actually have to pull your map out. You're actually looking around, right? Like, so um, you're having a look behind you and crawl and use, like, put your knife in your belt. And, you know, if you have a revolver, you actually have to pull the revolver out and, and load each bullet into the revolver. And uh, when you have a zombie coming at you, uh, you, you're, like, dropping your ammo and you can even drop your, your gun and all your items and leave them behind. And it, it gets really realistic. It adds a lot of tension to it. And uh, there's also, it replicates the tension. Like, if you want to stab a zombie in the head, uh, you know, you actually have to really punch in real life. Like, punch the air. Uh, Like, if you do it just normally, it won't actually penetrate their skull. And uh, it's a good game. (laughs) It's a good game. It's terrifying, though. It it makes you realize how scary this stuff is when you turn around and there's suddenly, uh, you know, like a zombie there or... Uh, the more people you kill, if you kill people in the levels, they come back as zombies while you're there. But not not like after 30 seconds. They they can come back from straight away to, you know, an hour later. But, you know, the more you go through levels and kill people, the more you're adding to your own problem of creating more zombies. And uh, it's very interesting. And I would recommend anyone who is into VR to check that out. So I actually wanted to talk about some other stuff but yeah i mean time is running out so maybe i should go on the alone in the dark rant so i will get that out of the way and then we can talk about strangeland so alone in the dark alone in the dark the original trilogy that basically blasted from 1993 to 1995 if i remember correctly uh is kind of a mixed bag and by kind of a mixed bag i mean that it's crap but let, let me go uh, in order. The first Alone in the Dark is still okay, I think. Uh, the atmosphere is great because it's one of the, those games that takes inspiration from Lovecraft but doesn't just copy and paste his stories. So he takes some elements uh, but does some good, interesting things with them. Uh, but again, it's not very well aged. It has this kind of tank controls that are kind of the worst kind of tech. I mean, they're kind of the Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil tank controls, but even worse than that. Uh, and of course, the polygonal models have aged quite poorly, <laughs> of course. Uh, but yeah, the, the backgrounds are well done. The introduction is great. I mean, just today I was talking about it with Constantinos and he said that he showed the introduction to the original in the dark to his students. We're talking about, you know, 18 years old, 20 years old, young people, and they liked it a lot. So it means that, you know, they did something right in that intro to the to the original Alone in the Dark. Alone in the Dark 2 and 3, I think, basically suck. Uh, the 
barely order games at all. I mean, three is a Western kind of game. Two is all kinds of things with ships and pirates and gangsters and blah. I never liked either of them. And especially on In the Dark 2 begins with a fucking impossible sections where you're basically defenseless. It's basically Resident Evil 2, but on hardcore mode. Oh, no. Imagine that. So but you could thrust into this situation where you're basically almost defenseless and everyone is shooting at you. And that's the first fucking scene in the game. I mean, what the hell are you thinking? Or how can you begin a game with something like that? Jesus Christ. So anyway, that's the original trilogy. The New Nightmare was kind of a reboot of the series. Yeah, it, is this the one that was in the city and like had, it got those terrible reviews? That that's the second reboot. Okay. Oh, I'll god. get to that. Oh god, it's I'll get worse. to that because that one was <laughs> woo my god. So the new nightmare was basically kind of infogrames trying to imitate Resident Evil. So they kind of rebooted the story again, featuring Edward Carnby from the original trilogy, but he was basically another guy, even though yeah, that's the same name. But they would do that again for the third reboot. So yeah, apparently they really liked the game Edward Carnby, even though nobody cares about Edward Carnby. I mean. <laughs> it's not like we have the the Edward Kambai fan club that are going to kill themselves if he isn't featured anymore in Alone in the Dark titles in the future. So, okay, whatever. The new Nightmare is fine. I mean, as a Resident Evil clone, it's nothing special. But yeah, they took some right inspirations. At least it went back to being horror, which is something that for some reason they gave up on pretty soon. Even though, I mean. Come on, it's called Alone in the Dark and it's not a horror game? What? So yeah, I mean, the new Nightmare is fine. Uh, so now we get to the third reboot. Uh, the second reboot, actually. Uh, which is called, again, Alone in the Dark. And that was a hot mess. My god, I mean, I've, I think I've rarely seen a game that bugged. At least that I played myself. I mean, I've played games that people said that were very bugged. And yeah, I found some bugs, but I didn't found it to be so ridiculous i mean i even played played big rigs over the road racing come on and wow alone in the dark 2007-8 my god the worst kind of bugs that i've ever seen it made everything so fucking ridiculous i mean i remember one sequence where you're in the car and you have to kind of like run away from this presence that's like you know destroying the streets of something now i don't remember exactly and I remember once it got so bugged that my car was launched into the universe, into the air, and then it went back and started bouncing around. It was the, the funniest shit I've ever seen. I mean, it would be all over my social media if I had social media back then. <laughs> I didn't record it. But yeah, that game was a mess. My God, it was, I mean, terrible in all... I mean, the, the, the new kind of emo Edward Carnby, kind of depressed Edward Carnby was a terrible idea. The plot was nonsensical. The gameplay was crap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they really jumped the shark on that. I think they did some kind of, again, kind of expansion thing also. I think there's kind of a title after that, which should be more decent. But I've never played that, so uh, I'm not sure what happened there. But have you played the, the second reboot? No, I see. 
I was kind of, uh, it was one of those games. Uh, there is something about that game, the strange allure. Like, I kept seeing it. It came out. It got like 28 out of 100 in PC Gamer or something. I, I mean, I, I don't take that for gospel, right? But in one of the magazines I read at the time, it was very low. And they said about this, about the car, just, you know, there's like an escape sequence and, and uh, New York City's crumbling and you're going through Central Park and uh, your car's like, Bleh. But, you know, there was something about it. I read that and I still wanted to play it. But, you know, I haven't played it to this day. But one day I'm going to play that game. I'm going to play that game one day. Please do. Please do. And do let me know because I'm curious what you would think about it. I mean, I'm not sure I would call it so bad it's good because it's not good. I think it's just so bad it's bad. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> it goes full circle to so bad it's yeah, bad. Yeah, I mean, I think you can have fun with it. I mean, it's not that kind of, you know, irredeemable bad. But yeah, I mean, it's really... Woof, uh, I don't know what the... And, and I even have the collector's edition because it was basically two months after the game came no. out. It was basically sold for pennies. <laughs> so I have this kind of huge collector edition with the the action figure of Edward Kambai. It's actually a statuette, not even an action figure. And it's whoa, even the collector edition is <laughs> it's mediocre at best. It's very terrible. So Yoohoo! Good for me. <laughs> oh come on. Okay, let's talk about a good game. So come on, Strange Land. So please, you have the floor. Let's give us some strange and some land. It's a good game, isn't it? Wow, it is. <laughs> I love it. It's a point-and-click adventure, if you haven't heard of it. Um, and it's from... Who is it from? Uh, it's from the same guy that did, uh, same guys that did Primordia. That's it. Yeah, and it's basically uh, th- uh, three, three guys. Uh, that's, uh, one that does the graphics, one that does the music, and one that does all the design and writing. And uh, the design and writing is done by Mark Yohalem, which are was my first guest on the Genesis Temple podcast, mm. actually, by, by random chance, because I didn't have a podcast back then, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, uh, James Panos did the graphics, yes, I don't remember, sorry, the name of the guy who did the music, but yes, it's just three people. Uh, yeah, they did some pretty great work. What do you think? I think they, I think they did, but, but before we get too deep into the actual game, so it's published by Wadget Eye Games, right? Yep. Uh, which... Okay, so I'm going to admit here that I... Is it Dave Gilbert that is Wadget Eye Games? Yes. Right. So I get Dave... I thought for the longest time Dave Gilbert was Ron Gilbert's brother. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And I'm going to admit that because if they ever listen to this, they're going to have a a, a good chuckle. Uh, And then I I realized, well, I was like, why do they, they have different companies? They're brothers. What's going on? And then I kind of worked that out. And the first thing I want to really talk about is... Yeah, I reviewed this for Adventure Gamers. So I really want to talk about the voice acting because it is so good. And uh, it has the guy who voices Sonic in it. Uh, the really? modern the modern Sonic guy. I forget his name. It has Ivy Dupler. I think, I don't know how you pronounce her name. I'm guessing that. Which is, she's done a lot of Wadget Eye games. She's a really, really great voice actor. Uh, Miranda Galvin, uh, again... I don't want to butcher the name, but she's great. Um, a lot of those voice actors are really, really good, and they really bring the characters to life. And I think it really adds to the experience. But it is a spooky game. It's not so much. It's not so much horror scary, is it? It's not like terrifying. No, it's, it's more psychological horror. I would say. Definitely. Yeah, and 
Um, yeah, it goes a bit too far in some places uh, that stops it from being absolute, like, perfection. Uh, if I'm going to absolutely nitpick, which I am going to nitpick, all right, because I, I believe there's too many people who say only positive things about games, and I think, <laughs> you know, we should point out, like, you know, there are small flaws with games. But anyway, it was a, it was a good game. I enjoyed it. What, what did you think? I think Strangeland had a few issues. I think so, too. Uh, a couple of the puzzles left me a bit scratching my head when I read the solution. But yeah, I mean, they put in a hint system, so bless them for that. But yeah, I mean, uh, the psychological horror element was really interesting in that Mark put a lot of love and attention and care into the, the design. I mean, it shows that it was basically a one man doing all that. So if you can't like tune in to his way of writing and saying things and working his ideas, then you will probably miss a lot on the story. So what I would actually recommend to every, anyone that is listening and wants to play Strangeland, that I, after you played it, you go back and listen to the commentary, which is really well done. It's really long as well, so <laughs> it takes some time to listen to it, but it was really, really useful for me to you know, clarify anything of the story that I might have missed. And there's something that you will miss. I sh I'm sure of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty, very, 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 very useful. I mean, uh, maybe some people would say, oh, but if you need uh, an explanation to understand all of the story elements, then maybe that story wa wasn't very well written. Some people would say that. I don't agree with that, actually. No, I don't. Uh, because... I think I like to think back. I, I think the best stories are the ones that you don't understand everything uh, uh, the, first time around, the first time around. That you can think back and kind of put things together and you have maybe another interpretation after some months, after some weeks that you, you know, experience the story. I think those are the best kind of stories. I mean, the stories that you just get everything the first time around and just, you know, well, that's it. Okay, sure. Yeah, it was not a nice story. I'm never going to think about this again. No, I think the best stories are the ones that you think about it again and again. And there's also one element that it still haunts me to this day. And the fact that Strangeland was kind of inspired by Ozzy Osbourne 2001 album Down to Earth. And I still want to listen back to that album and find the elements that Mark put in Strangeland. And I haven't found the time yet. But I will do that. I promise I will do that. I mean, I vaguely remember that album, but yes, I will do that. I want to do that because I'm so curious. That I didn't. I did not know that it was inspired by Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, that's what happens when you listen to the commentary. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I I agree uh, with you about the not knowing. Um, I did criticize it, the game for. Uh, I think it does get a little bit too convoluted for its own good. I don't think everything needs to be explained, but I think at at some points it gets bogged down and then you lose track of what is kind of happening and not in a good uh like David Lynch way, like in kind of in a no, this you should kind of understand what I'm doing here, but now I actually have no idea why I even care. Um but the scariest part of that game is when the woman takes her face off. That is terrifying. 
<laughs> Actually, I, I, so I take it back. I said it wasn't scary. It's scary. She takes her face off and you can see all the... If you're still listening, yep. I think you should tweet at me or Damiano your favorite games. Let us know what your favorite scary, spooky horror games are. Yes. Let us know what you think of our opinions because, oh boy. <laughs> Those were a lot of opinions. A lot of spoops. And a lot of opinions. Alright, thanks for listening. Thank you, and yeah. Happy Halloween, everyone.